The first reading is taken from Jeremiah 23, 23 to 29. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard with the prophets who say prophecy lies in my name. They say, I had a dream, I had a dream. How long will these continue in the hearts of these lying prophets who prophesy the delusion of their minds? They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name, just as their fathers forgot my name through the Baal worship. Let the prophet who has a dream tell his dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord? Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? The second reading is from Hebrews, uh, chapter 11, uh, beginning to read at verse 29, and then going through to chapter 12, verse 2. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions and quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawn in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and ill-treated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. 
These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Here ends the reading. There are many well-known and famous people in the Bible. Who can name some? Jesus. Good start. Anybody else? Sorry? Bless you. Um, Any real names? Not not made-up ones that Brian's just mentioned, but real names. Daniel. Sorry, Ronan. Isaiah. You what, what? Moses, right? Daniel, David, Ruth. It's quite a few, isn't there? Quite a few. I can think of somebody famous. Jephthah. Everyone's heard of him, haven't they? His name was mentioned in the reading from Hebrews. So who was he? I can't believe he's not better known. He's got an interesting story, you know. He was an outcast. Not very well liked. Someone who was disregarded. That was until Israel needed help. And then suddenly they're all over him like a rash. They couldn't do enough for him. They recognised his gift, that of a military leader. And they wanted him working for them. Now, Jephthah was a bit suspicious about this. To be honest, I think I would too. I'd be a bit suspicious. And originally, he didn't seem too keen. He needed a lot of convincing. In the end, the elders said that they would make him a tribal leader if only he would help them. Once that was done, he started meeting with the people that were causing Israel problems. And after a lot of false starts and a a bit of a war, Jephthah and Israel were victorious. It's a good story. But what can we learn from it? Let's take it bit by bit. Jephthah was an outcast. What does that mean? 
It means he was on the outside of what was happening. And sometimes we can have that happen to us. At school, at work, even at church. How can it happen at church? That's ridiculous, I hear you scream. I, well, it can happen in lots of ways. We can ignore people because they're not like us. We can take what they do for granted. Like assuming that there will always be a cuppa after the service. And that the chairs will magically appear and then magically be spirited away at the end of the service. We can make ourselves sound super spiritual and make other people's journeys with God seem less important. It's okay, don't worry. Hecklers. <laughs> All these different ways, ignoring doing people down, making ourselves seem more important. All these things can make other people feel like outsiders, and that's not good. So what else about Jephthah? He got very popular all of a sudden. When Israel needed something that he could provide, they bent over backwards for him. Do we do that? Do we see people only in terms of what they can do for us? Do we seek out other people hoping that they will provide a service for us? Or do we seek out people because they're brothers and sisters in Christ? Do we seek them out because they don't know Christ and we want to help them to be supported, free and whole, irrespective of what we might gain in the process? suspicious when people ask us for something? Do we wonder what the catch is? If we're asked for a favour or if an idea is put to us, do we first think of all the reasons why we can't do it rather than how we can do it? Jephthah got very suspicious when he was approached. Do we get like that? If someone asks for help from us, do we do it or do we wonder what else it's leading to? <coughs> Jephthah may not have been as famous as Moses or Gideon or Jesus, but he has a lot to tell us about what it takes to be a good witness. He may not be a fantastic example, but he is an example and we can learn a lot from him. And if you want to learn more about him, read Judges. That's your homework. Who do we learn from? Who do we learn from from here? Who are our examples in Thomas Rislow? Who are the ones that we regard as good witnesses for Christ? What are their names? I know who I would name but I'm not going to. But I would ask these people 
Why do you do what you do? And why do we hold them in such high regard? Is it because they're mighty men and women of God? Or is it because they quietly serve him? Not for reward or praise, but because they love their saviour. Some people become witnesses by travelling to far-off places, like India, Africa, China, China, and Malawi. Rachel's not here, is she? Oh, she's, oh, hello. And Malawi. Some become witnesses because they follow God's call to love their neighbour. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in all the Christianese, all the hype, to the extent that we forget that we're here for him, for Christ, not for us. And I'm not saying that feelings and emotions aren't important, but they shouldn't block our view. They shouldn't cloud the issue. The reading from Hebrews mentioned clouds. Clouds, as you know, is made up of tiny drops of water. But clouds can sometimes prevent you from seeing what's right in front of you. That's what God was asking in the reading from Jeremiah. God asks, do we think we can hide from him? I ask, should we want to? Should we not want to embrace what he has for us, the gifts he's given us to use for his service? The reading from Hebrews shows us a picture of a cloud, a cloud of witnesses. It illustrates how in the past men and women did wonderful things for God. And as I said, clouds are made up of individual drops, all working together to create something glorious and wonderful. Individuals like us, like drops of water in a cloud, can come together to make a whole. It's that coming together, that unity, that forms it and shapes it. I've got some pictures of clouds, thank you. What do you see? What does that look like? Marshmallows? Anything else? Sorry? Fingers, yeah? It actually could be baby's fingers, couldn't it? Baby's toes. I never thought of that. Well done. Anything else? Sorry? A face. You see a face. Okay. Next one, please, quickly. What do you see there? I saw two little aliens in a spaceship having a little baby alien. Anything else? A what what? A submarine, yes. A dog with a what what? Right. I'm getting very worried about this side of the church, really. Next what what? Next one, please. 
like that one. What can you see in the picture? It's a fish. Next one, please. Yeah, that one. Big wave or surf. You can almost imagine, like, I've got the Guinness advert going through my brain now. I know you shouldn't have the Guinness advert going through your brain when you're doing church, but there you go. I expect to see, like, a surfer coming over the top of that one. Oh, 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 we're getting very poetic in the middle here. Very good. Yes. Oh, I can see it now, yeah. I like that. Next one, please. How about that one? It's another fish for you. Are they fish? Are sharks fish? They are fish, aren't they? Yes, lovely. And the next one, please. How about that one? What do you see there? Love. A dove. A lovey-dovey. I think that's really pretty, that one. There's not much of it, but I think it's, I think it's lovely. And the next one, please. How about that one? It's getting near lunchtime, folks. It's Ularoops. Does anybody here do quilling? Do you do quilling, Madeline? Is that sort of like quilling? I'm just showing off that I know what quilling is. That's like waves, isn't it? And the next one. How about that one? I think that one's rather cool, actually. I feel sorry for Scotland, it's gone a bit pointy. There you go. And the next one. What do you see there? Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd album cover. Showing your age, Ducky. It could be two. How many legs has that pig got? It's got eight legs, so I think it's probably two pigs. It's stackable pigs. <laughs> and the next one. Oh. What is it? Who's got Lion King going through their brains? It's simple. It's a what, what? It's a baby snow leopard. I think we're getting a graduation, aren't we? <laughs> Across the church. Next one, please. Another one. It's a wedding hat. It's a Debenham special. It has a bit of the UFO about it, doesn't it? And the next one. Adam! What's that? What is it? What is it? What is it? It's a bunny. I think that's really cute. It's a wabbit. And the next one. How about that one? That's not quite so, so funny. That's not quite so ha-ha. That's quite menacing. What could that be? Gulf of Mexico. A tree trunk? Yes. Oh, yes, because it's got the nut. Ice cream. A very small... A very small house on fire. <laughs> I thought it looked like sand dunes, actually. If 
from a weird sort of angle. I thought you looked at Sandra. Is that why you were... Right. Okay. And the next one. Ooh, how about that? What do we think that might look like? A peacock? Oh, gosh, yeah. I take it all back. You're quite clever this time. Sorry? Yeah. Yeah. The what? What? The wake of a spaceship? Oh, gosh. I can definitely see the bird now. I didn't see the bird before, but I see the bird now. Thank you, Robin. Um, no, I t- you have to point that one out to me later. Can we have the next slide, please? What do we see there? That's the last slide. Can we leave that one up? Just for a minute. Just leave that one up. I was very impressed when I saw that one. So, what of the individual... We talked about whole lumps of cloud. What of the individual? Surely they will have some impact. They will make their mark for God. Yes, they will. Just as David did, and Rahab, and Samuel, and Jephthah. But they were all separated by time. What about us now? working together now as a body of believers. What wonders can we do then? Clouds aren't solid things. They move, they grow and change shape. And throughout the Bible we see many people being added to the whole, many new kinds of people. And the genealogies are full of different types of people from different backgrounds, bringing with them their own unique take on the world around them. Different gifts, different strengths and weaknesses. Jesus gathered around him all sorts of people. His cloud was made up from those we might not have picked for ourselves. Tax collectors, women of dubious backgrounds, people who flaunted their wealth at the expense of others. His cloud was like nothing that had ever been seen before. It was a new type of cloud. Do we want to be part of a new cloud? One that's God-shaped, hope-shaped, forgiveness-shaped. One that takes the experiences of those who have gone before us. And not to think so much of what we can't do for God more about what we can do for him. What sort of cloud do we want to be? Transparent, open to all, available to all. Letting Christ's love and compassion show through us, flow through us. A fellowship of droplets acting as a prism for God and his word. 
translucent, open to some, to the Davids and the Samsons, Barracks and Jephthahs of this world. But not the Rahabs. I mean, we all know what she was like. Only letting through what we see is acceptable. Only reflecting what we want others to see. Or opaque, dense cloud. When people look to us, to to this cloud of witnesses, what do we want them to see? Do we want them to see a living, thriving community? One that shows them a different type of living, of being? Do we want them to see people that accept them, love them? Or do we just want them to see cloud? When people look at us, what shape do we want to form? Let's pray. God of many names, my name is known to you. I am held in the hand of your life and I do not know what you will make of me. All I know is that I cannot make myself any more than I could in my mother's womb. But this I can do. This I choose. To give myself into the hand of your continuing creativity. My pasts with its joys and triumphs, its failures and regrets. My present with its struggles and accomplishments, its hopes and its setbacks. My future with its fears and freedom, its pain and promise. To loose and to bind, to stretch and to shape, to become what you will. Trusting the hand that made the world, trusting the spirit that breathes life, trusting the love that will not let me go. Trusting the promise of the word made flesh. Amen. We're going to sing again now.